You are listening to Artemis Projects podcast with Berlin-based visual and performance artist Darko Dragičević, whom I called over Skype to talk about his project Failure as Practice, in which he not only explores our individual relationship to failure, but also the broader cultural and historical definitions of value and success. This podcast was recorded during COVID-19 period of social isolation and physical distancing, and I was interested to know what failure might mean to us in this particular context. I wanted to focus this interview on a particular project of yours and it's called Failure as Practice. And throughout this interview we will be unpacking this concept of failure and especially the way it relates to our practice as artists. So I wanted to start with asking you a question that will kind of reveal to me your views on failure in some way. What are the first three words that come to your mind when you think about failure? Um, what are three words that come to my mind? Mm, it is uh, funny to think exclusively in terms of failure right now because this is something that I've been doing for quite some years now. So like my uh, understanding of failure has completely shifted. But I will try to answer your question and stay in that uh, in that frame of what you're proposing. I would say um, a lie. I think lies failure. I would say um, dissatisfaction. And um, maybe selfishness. Mm. I like that you said that it's hard to summarize this concept, especially after you have spent some time thinking of it since 2017. So that's for about last three to four years, you have been working on the project called Failure as Practice. And in this project, you look at the meaning and the impact of failure or our concept of failure on artistic practices. And I'm curious to know what inspired you to start investigating this topic and whether there was a particular event in your own career or your life that prompted you to delve into that. How the project started? The project started with the encounter with Zorica Milisavljevic, who is a manager of cultural programs of the Goethe Institute in Belgrade, in Serbia. Our first encounter was very interesting and fruitful in terms of exchange between two human beings who just meet for the first time face to face. There was a, a idea, a proposal to do something together that uh, me as an artist uh, who is originally from Belgrade but living in Berlin, so linked with Goethe Institute was already to a certain degree existing, was to um, propose a certain frame that uh, young artists who were at that time connected to Goethe Institute in a group called City Guerrilla could participate in. Because basically there was this frame that uh, each year allowed certain, let's say, artists or people working in artistic contexts or different cultural contexts to come and work with this group of artists. So after long hours of these talks and discussions, just simply as exchanges without making any particular plans, we have realized that we were talking more and more about failure and that that word was occurring more and more in our conversation, but without really putting a finger on it. And then after this talk, we came to conclusion, what about if we do something with the notion of failure? But really, just broadly, like what would that really mean in terms of possibility to share something with young people? Our conversation stopped there, and then uh, when I left, I really started to reflect more about myself. 
my own practices and my own works that until that point were dealing a lot with the notion of failure, but that I was not uh, necessarily aware of. So there was one particular work called Ideal Week that I did in 2009 that was kind of like a everyday diary that was uh, written from Monday to Sunday, where at the time I was living in New York and um, I was dealing with um, obsessive compulsiveness. So like I made very clear structure from the moment I would wake up on Monday till the moment I would go to sleep on Sunday. What would be those things that I have to do at the exact time, in exact order, and uh, content-wise always the same, in order to feel that I'm achieving or that I have achieved something? And this did not have to do only with the artistic practice, but also what I was eating, how many steps I was making every day. Uh, I was counting everything, basically. And um, sometimes I was achieving this ideal week from Monday to Sunday, but many times I was failing in doing this. So even if I would break the rule of maybe expanding what I was doing for one minute, I was starting to have certain reactions, you know? So those reactions were also physical reactions, but then I've noticed that also had a factor on the way I was breathing. They were accelerating as the time was passing by, and I was really trapped inside of this web. So why I wanted to explain this work is because this was also a very extreme notion of failure that was so much present in my everyday life. And, uh, and just going and diving inside this topic also made me reflect on what I have already so much present in my practice. What made you want to delve into this exercise of something as an ideal week in the first place? This concept of ideal that is bound to fail in a way. Were you exploring that from the beginning? Were you kind of assuming that you might actually be failing all along if you set up this kind of rigid task to yourself? Not at all. You know, um, I have moved away from Belgrade when I was 19 years old. So I moved to uh, Milan, where I spent some years. I was studying there. And then from Milan, I moved to New York. From New York, I came to Berlin. So like I was always moving to West. And I come from Southeast Europe that was affected by very particular radical political situation in the 90s. I had to learn a lot how to function and coexist in the places in West that already had artistic market, that have established, uh, let's say, like rules or uh, systems where artists can dive in and function. For me, this was all completely unknown. For many, many years, I just had to learn how to simply function in them. And every time when I was moving to from country to country, there were always uh, slight differences. For example, America was very radical in that sense. Uh, you know, in America, uh, especially in New York, it is all about it's all about self. It's about a very strong ego. It is all about being extremely successful, being busy, not having time for anything else, but continuously talking about yourself and also proclaiming a lot of your own success. So everybody is busy, everybody is working. And then for someone who came from Europe, especially for someone who came from Serbia, uh, it was very much unknown. What do I have to do in order to feel that I'm achieving something and also that I'm successful in those terms also of uh, recognition. This was my own way of understanding how I should be functioning on a daily basis in order to achieve certain goals. It became a trap after some time, but I thought that this was a recipe for success. So my original intention was not to create something that would lead to failure, but to actually create something that would lead to success. But while doing that, uh, which was also a very naive approach, I realized after a very long time that I was more failing than being successful. Mm. 
And so from that understanding, you started, as you said, developing this project with Zorica. And part of the project is to actually involve local artists, professional artists from various fields who gather together in something that you call labs. And then after a few days of a lab, you have a series of site-specific interventions. Could you just give us a bit more sense of what uh, failure as a practice actually looks like in a bit more detail? So failure as practice started in 2017, first as lecture, during which uh, I have tried to talk about certain artists and their own practices in which they work with notion of failure. So from there, I have joined the forces with Goethe Institute in Belgrade and a group of young artists that I mentioned before, City Guerrilla. And then we worked together on the first workshop that I was uh, leading and uh, that was based on my concept. In this workshop, I was creating a space where failure can be shared, notion of failure can be shared between participants. Many times what happens with failure is that it stays on, uh, let's say, like more theoretical level where there is a lot of writing and talking about it. And so I was very much curious, what would be those practices where failure can be shared between people so that it is not only about an individual body continuously reflecting on oneself and stays on very subjective, very personal level, but that these experiences can be given and taken away from one another and also be shared. And how can this sharing then be expanded further in order to create something bigger that could at certain point become something that I call the collective body? Collective body in this uh, sense can be established and created only when there is a mutual trust between participants. And mutual trust is something that is created over a certain period of time and that is taken with quite some attention and delicacy and also nourishment. So through these practices, first, I wanted to create a situation where, first of all, there is no hierarchy that people who are participants and coming from different, mostly artistic fields, do not feel that they are superior from one another because they have more knowledge or because they are more experienced in certain fields, but there can be from the beginning more neutral space where these artists can dive in together in order to create a space where vulnerability can become visible tool accessed equally from each member of the group. And from this starting point, this collective body began to expand. And from one workshop in uh, 2017 that left some effect on people who were participating, we have decided to open these formats and share them with audience. So in 2017, in May, we opened these very vulnerable processes to outside and we presented these works. I mean, I would not even call them works because this is already a word that has very specific frame. I'm not talking here about performances or choreographies. I'm really talking about processes, experiments. So we have opened these processes uh, at their very vulnerable state to people to outside in a Belgrade City Museum. And from there, I think there certain recognition, and then this concept started to grow. So in 2018, there was, let's say, need to reflect on what really happened and also to work more in terms of how can these processes be archived and through archive, what would be the best way to formulate this and share it with even wider audiences at that point. So uh, we have decided to continue our collaboration over 2018 through different stages uh, with final aim that outcome of all this should be a collection that would become a book catalog with the same title, Failures Practice, that then was published in the beginning of 2019. You speak about concept of sharing of our relationship to failure. Have you 
found out through this process that in general we as humans have similarities in the way that we approach and think of failure or that there are major differences between us and also looking at variety of art disciplines whether there were differences in the way that um, let's say a dancer thinks about failure as opposed to a photographer or an architect or whoever you interacted with in this process Yes, I mean, first thing that comes to my mind, especially in relation to the last part of your question, you know, this series of labs already took place in a few different places and they were shared in different formats. We started in Belgrade and then it continued in Berlin, we went to Stockholm and then also was shared in Ljubljana. And what is interesting is to see how people who come, let's say, from more a field of visual arts or architecture or creative writing start to dance more, have urge to dance and move, while, for example, people coming from contemporary dance practices or performance tend to do that less. So I also find it very interesting is the symbiosis and the support that is being created through these processes where people really open themselves up so much and share their vulnerabilities. And there is really aim to experiment with the uh, practices of the other involved in this group. So that it is always interesting to see how far participants go in exploring their own limits unconditionally. So that is what is mostly happening at certain stage of these labs workshops. Now to go back to first part of your question, are they very different from uh, one another? It really depends. I would say that uh, to a certain degree, they are not. And uh, once they become shared material, then this realization of uh, equality comes more and more into picture. But of course, I think that this would be also maybe unfair to say that it always works like that. There are some that are very particular, that are based on various political and social contexts that very much depend on cultural or political background. So like, of course, somebody who, who has uh, different experiences of that kind also is very much affected by... Uh, this notion, understanding of what failure really stands for. So that always also comes into picture. So I would say yes and no. And what does failure stand for, for you personally? And how did it change since you delved into this process of talking about failure with others? Because talking seems like a really important part of this practice. Well, personally, and, you know, when I was thinking about our conversation, you know, I was uh, also very much thinking about how to... Uh, there's, there's this level of honesty with this project, the moment of connection, of recognition. This topic is the one that exactly proposes this field of uh, exploration where I feel we can... Uh, I'm certain we can really dive and allow ourselves to talk about many things that uh, maybe at the first place could be too much. Openings can be also very strange and quite extreme. But I think that these are exactly these radical times that we are right now experiencing, where this is exactly the space where we should be talking more about them. On personal level, failure for me is about how can I be more proactive and be more involved in everything that is happening at the moment with the humanity, society, with our planet, in everything that I do to be more activist and to create formats that connect people because that is the only way that I think there could be voice that has a point. I don't see any more reason why artists today should be thinking from project to project, going further in order to please or to satisfy institutional bodies or those who 
are since maybe forever deciding of who has voice, who gains visibility, who is the one who leaves mark. I think this is the time where we urgently need to come together in order to start thinking in you know bigger and larger frame than uh, uh, our own personal needs. I question that a lot uh, in my own practice, and I see how my own practice is changing. I want to, to be in a situation to collaborate even more with different people and to expand even more and connect wider communities through practices that do not even have to be claimed anymore as my own, but that are more on, uh, let's say, more this uh, communal level that can still stay very honest to their aim in terms of, you know, what uh, artistic practices really are, but that they can also be much more reachable to others who do not necessarily call themselves artists. That is where I think uh, it's my duty right now. And maybe it sounds like a cliche because I guess many people think like that or talk like that right now, but I'm trying to really apply that in everything I do these days when it comes to artistic practice. And uh, that is something where I feel that uh, I could do even more. Are you also, when you speak about it, is that you saying that if you don't do it, that you fail in a way? That you feel like you have failed if you don't manage to create this collectivity at this time? I think that uh, this failure does not necessarily, uh, I, I cannot uh, exclude myself exclusively now, like, and I mean, maybe it sounds wrong, you know, but I think that we are collectively failing altogether. Just when I, when I uh, look around myself, I think that we are all so much trapped in a system that uh, doesn't allow these parallel, more guerrilla actions that can leave certain traces on certain changes that are absolutely necessary to happen right now, not in the near future, but right now. So I think that uh, I do fail, uh, of course, you know, but uh, and, and this is, you know, like just when I look at what's happening around myself uh, right now, I think that uh, that is also I don't exclude myself from this entire situation. Yes, this is my own personal failure, too. So uh, I would say uh, yes, but I think that this is exactly the moment where there could be more time and space to reflect and also gain something from the situation that we are right now. And that uh, after this, we can kind of reflect and then take different steps in how to think differently in order to protect uh, each other, protect other species living on this planet, bringing back, back much more empathy than uh, before. Because I think that uh, when I said in the beginning, when I use the word selfishness, you know, this is where I feel we are so much uh, focused on ourselves that I feel extreme and radical changes need to happen right now. We are always leaving something for, you know, close future. But I think that is very wrong. And that's why uh, everybody should bring that in their own practice. And that doesn't only require artistic practice. There has to be mode of resisting current system that involves institutional bodies or, you know, economies and, and politics worldwide in order to go further and survive and bring back healthy values. I'm glad you went back to these three words that you said and shared with me at the beginning. And as you say, one was selfishness. Then the other one, the other one was dissatisfaction. And something, something I just picked up on as you were saying all this is, yeah, we have failed. We have failed the nature. We have failed what sharing a planet with each other is. But you're also speaking about not being paralyzed by failure, but reflecting on it. And maybe, I might be wrong, but maybe that's where this dissatisfaction comes in. So rather than 
saying, oh, I failed and I suck and, you know, the world sucks and everything's bad is to take it as a way of learning and making things better. Is that what you had in mind when you spoke about dissatisfaction or what, what does it mean for you? Absolutely. I think it also has to do with the current moment, which is coronavirus, staying inside and continuously and endlessly talking about cancellations, delayed projects, about uh, so many fears that are um, just that are becoming bigger and bigger. And, and this is also time to work with myself and also ask a lot of questions and also think about others and support others, also morally support, emotionally support, not only think about myself, but think about others and think about what is there when the window is open outside. These are the moments that through our own weaknesses and fears, we can also really look at the different side of it and, and not be unhappy about it, but really look at the different possibilities, how we can access, for example, artistic works that maybe are now just um, have a little break or they need to breathe, or even if they are canceled or postponed. If I'm an artist, I also have, I must have capacity to uh, look at this from different perspective creatively and also do something with it uh, together with others or have capacity to reflect on it from a different point of view. So some uh, works will, of course, take a different direction. Some will maybe even gain more than their original plan, but they should not drown. And if somebody is drowning, and this also comes to me, this is exactly that collective body where others can step in and help each other, you know, help me or I can help somebody else in order to create this mode of support through empathy and collective trust where we can go on. So dissatisfaction is a killer to a certain degree because when it becomes permanent, if it's not acute, uh, if it's not, you know, like something that has to do with uh, any kind of sickness, that is a different story, um, is uh, something that is also to a certain degree becomes also like a privilege uh, in some way, you know? Uh, I think that both of us also coming from a country that was once upon a time a former Yugoslavia have experienced what adapting oneself is, is like a continuous task that needs to be, you know, like we need to think and rethink about it a lot, you know, in order to adopt ourselves to new circumstances. And once you have experience with that and you learn that at certain age, unfortunately, I learned that as well as a, as, as a young boy. I think that um, you can recall it at some point and also see that uh, it is okay to have time to reflect and it is, it is about also understanding what you can gain from it and that it is not the end of the world. It can be much worse. Mm. This time to reflect brings me to another question that I wanted to raise because I'm noticing also, although on one hand we are speaking about this time as a time to slow down, as an alert, an alarm from the earth to tell us just stop, stop making things, stop constantly producing, reflect and calm down and go into the quiet space. And then on the other hand, I'm also seeing this new surge of some kind of pressure to keep going and to keep making and to keep participating which on one hand is a way to keep connecting, so I can understand that. But I sometimes feel that we fail in being able to stop. And there was one beautiful thing that one of your participants in one of your labs in Berlin said when we sat in the circle and you had a reflection on the process. And she said that as she was fulfilling one of the tasks that you set for them as part of one of the interventions, that she reflected a lot about what is enough. And when is it okay to stop? And she said that we fail at doing nothing, at feeling okay with not feeling the time and space with action non-stop. We fail, she said, we fail at stopping. And that just seems so poignant to me right now, so relevant to just also be okay to simply just breathe 
I, I think that's a very good question. It's a, a very good observation. It is a nothing as practice, you know? That's also on my mind. This is uh, something that I've been already talking to some friends, artists, nothing as practice. I, I have caught myself many times that how much am I present in a present moment? And this doesn't have to do anything with the moment right now that is quite extreme. It is, I always think about future and then future comes. And then when that future comes, I again think about future. So then I started to ask myself, well, how happy and fulfilled I am if I work so hard and when I achieve that moment where there should be certain recognition and also in terms of let it go, I'm simply not aware of that. And I'm always in some other frame and time where there are different uh, setups that I again need to adopt myself to. So I'm going back again to ideal week, to maybe certain frames that are a bit more recognizable because I have learned in these years how to maybe function a bit better, but still is the same. And then I've started to ask myself, but who actually decides that for me and not for me, for us all together. And then really uh, a notion of success started to come more into picture. So, you know, when we talk about failure now, I bring more in question notion of success because everything that this society, this world we are living in is successful, most of the times I really don't think is or represents success. So for me, much problematic word is success because success is mostly, if we talk about artistic context, it is mostly associated to visibility, to uh, income, money, finances. And I do have to say that that is very questionable. What is market? What is artistic market? Who are people who are, let's say, like established artists? What does that also really mean, you know? That's much more interesting. And that's something that I think we should collectively start to discuss a bit more. It is a very interesting moment in time where we can see that some shifts are slowly happening. It will take ages for uh, things to happen and to finally change. But now something is starting and there are certain openings that could lead to more meaningful and revolutionary changes in the future. Still at a very delicate state, but something is changing. So the notion of failure for me has much more positive meaning in comparison, for example, to success. Success is the one I don't understand. Mm -hmm. But if we would continue to use this word success to mean that we have done something well, and if we would go into the future where we could redefine what this well is, how would you dream that we would think about what is seen as a value in our societies? What is seen as actual success? Well, you know, the entire society, I think it's based on uh, values and histories that completely need to be retaught and rewritten. There are so many histories that don't even exist in larger frame, bigger picture. I think that notion of success or even failure comes hand in hand with that larger picture. In terms of world, I think there is something that connects us all. And that is, for example, nature. And I think that it is very clear what we need to do there. But in terms of wider understanding of uh, communities of countries and lands and so on i think that that needs to be retaught big time because it needs to start first from uh, there needs to be more space of understanding towards one another because there is something that is established as general value that i think just really doesn't work anymore and that also is very much uh, can be applied to artistic practices you know because art history for example there is a word history. You know, if you if you really look at that, art history is rewritten from so many very problematic points of view. And I think there has to be a lot of uh, uh, re-questioning that as well. 
failure should be more implemented as well there because history learn teaches us how to erase a lot what is considered to be failure and how something that is considered to be successful stays and it's uh, there to be remembered but if i see for example who are artists who have more voice and who could be maybe one day remembered as those that marked our times well you know that is not only associated purely to artistic practices there are so many factors that come into picture and they are very problematic mm. i'm thinking about these times as well as times of great uncertainty and more so than ever where we live basically day to day when we don't actually know we can't plan anything actually literally cannot plan for another month we don't know what's going to be happening we can't propose a project we can't book a date we don't know if we'll be able to fly anyway all these things and we have historically lived and been schooled in a way that we should find certainties when i was listening to this podcast with a writer called david white and he was talking about school systems how they're based on this recognition and this applauding of those who had answers to questions and he said that that's such a such an unnatural way of being because we don't actually have answers to anything and that we should actually learn to live in uncertainty as a natural way of being and i was thinking of um, asking you if we should teach failure in schools and what values would we teach our children in order to be better equipped to world that is uncertain there are like lots of children now being schooled by their parents and that it seems to me that the most most important learning is now learning of some basic human values and ways of coping with life I think that uh, teaching failure would be probably quite extreme, you know, like to really <laughs> specifically focus on that. But uh, having more open spaces to make visible and approachable basic uh, human qualities, vulnerability, shyness, restrictions of any kind, there should be ways how that can be understood and approached by others in more collective understanding. I would not say that this should only be applied to to schools and to teaching kids or young people. I think that this should really be uh, shared more longer term also with people who are of different ages even with elderly people you know i think probably even the biggest failure of our society is our relation to elderly people that's something where i feel we as society as a world are failing big time you know there are certain societies where i think being a certain age you of course you know have certain knowledge and you have certain experience and then you can transmit that knowledge and experience to people who are younger than you but in most of societies especially in societies where i lived elderly people are simply forgotten and i think that this is something where our society is failing a lot and i'm asking myself why why is that and how can that be different and how can that be changed how can art do something about it as well how can uh, people of certain age be more involved in artistic practices at certain age even if they were not necessarily doing anything with art when they were maybe younger or when they were doing something that is completely different from art in itself because art is there as well to open certain spaces of freedom or taking care of each other and also having certain voice so why not also like thinking more in these terms as well A 
I feel like um, in lots of things that you say, I'm getting a sense that your practice involves lots of conversation and dialogue. And it makes me reflect back on what we spoke about our production. So I feel that maybe currently we are in some kind of time and space and age where rather than making things, it's to connect. And you spoke about this idea of connecting and collectivity in this particular situation, not um, focusing on personal needs, but thinking more empathetically. And we also live in this particular time where because everything has been shut down, the physical spaces of gathering have been shut down and the online spaces have opened. And, well, one question is how, how are you feeling about it as an artist, about um, this momentarily transition of our practices, our ways of connecting to this virtual reality in a way? Well, I think that uh, that is something that will be happening more and more in the future. Now it's a quite extreme situation, so we are forced to work like this. So it is not our own choice. But I think um, trying different things out and trying different possibilities of how to work with one another is a very good thing. You know, as artists, we are continuously thinking as um, final product. How can we achieve something through our process, wrap it up, and then share it with others. You know, if we work on a performance for one year, then we have a premiere, and then we show it a few times here and there, we travel and so on. So there is always something about product in itself. But uh, what I am much more interested, and Failures Practice is one of those projects that I think should happen more and more that there should be space for sharing the process of artwork what really happens with all these months even years of research of dialogue of rehearsals of writing endless texts and so on what happens to that and how can that be accessed and shared with audience I think that there is a big interest from outside as well to access how artists work on their projects. So to open more spaces of experimentation, of unfinished, is where I see the most potential. Because I think that this is also going to change a lot of how we understand and perceive artwork in itself and also could be a good way to change something in already existing structures, also in terms of what is being funded, what is being supported, what really needs to change in cultural institutions, in festivals, in many different cultural platforms, and how we, how we talk and how we think about artwork in itself. So um, I'm, through my practice, much more interested in these more ongoing processes and also how to make them accessible to others. Mm. Do you think that uh, we will go back into face-to-face experiences of those things or that now that we discover this online connection is working and you said that you feel that there will be more and more of that, where do you see the future going in that way? I think that the future is going in two directions. One direction will be as you said in your question, more face-to-face. And this is exactly what I tried to talk a bit about in my previous answer. I think that uh, opening more processes and uh, more, let's say, experimental formats, even though that sounds a bit uh, unpolished, uh, I think will uh, open different ways of how people come together and how they discuss and talk about something together. I think this is exactly what is very exciting, is that the mode of observing artistic work will gain some new ways of how people talk about it or how they participate or how they try things out and what are the ways as well of how feedback can be implemented in in these uh, exchanges does feedback necessarily have to be only on verbal level or it could be also through embodiment and then there is also that other direction which is more connected to digital arts. And I think that here, you know, we have also like a lot of artists that work 
uh, more with programming or with sound or more digital arts that just are spending more time in front of their computers, more in this like virtual spaces, but where also like notion of body plays big role. And, and that is also where I see a lot of potentials is like, how can these different fields come together? Uh, I'm at the moment working on one project uh, that is supposed to be premiered in October in Berlin, where I think there will be this symbiosis of bringing programming uh, uh, aspect of uh, performance also with live body on stage and also how can then um, what, what is the role in the audience in that uh, setup yeah i think we will come to reevaluate to be reminded of the value of coming together physically because i'm you know i understand this um what you were saying about sharing of the process and not just sharing of result but i'm kind of also feeling that we will discover that we can do even that online because the online space is currently becoming what was Agora in Greek time. It's a place of gathering. We are discovering very quickly, frighteningly quickly, in, in my opinion, that it can replace the physical space if we allow it to. I don't feel great about it because I do like being in actual contact, physical contact with other bodies, not through the screen, but I guess I'm, I'm a bit anxious that this might take over even after it's all hopefully safe and we can actually meet together and, um, but, but it could have an opposite effect. It could also, you know, increase our desire, I guess, to, to come back and meet in one place and then have a discussion in a real world. I think that both will happen after, especially after this phase, I think that both will gain a lot from this situation. There is something that I find um, very unusual, how much when we started to be, you know, more locked in our apartments, there was a need to share online, you know, artists in studios, artists doing choreographies, yoga classes, concerts, DJ sets, clubbing online, it's, it just became everything, you know, like... A, acting classes altogether. Um, to a certain degree, it works. To certain, it doesn't. Sometimes it's even ridiculous what, what, what's happening right now. So it even becomes comical. So sometimes I'm even laughing, seeing how far people can go. But I think this is all just now like, uh, maybe it's urge. I don't, uh, you know, and everybody should have their own space to express themselves how they want. And I, of course, support that. But uh, me myself, I'm, I'm, um, I don't have this urge, instant urge to share something online, and especially because all my collaborations involve like physical practices, body practices. This is so crucial for what I do, and I think that uh, being together in space, face to face, cannot be <laughs> replaced with uh, this like digital touch. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I share that. Uh, the The word I was looking for is appreciated, that we will appreciate again what it means to uh, come together. But I guess I'm also conscious that you and I, you know, are probably from about 80s. I'm from the 80s. I am imagining you are from that era. Uh, yes, 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 yes. So we are from the 80s and I'm just also conscious that for new generations, you know, people who are now 15 or something, that maybe they will just this will be the norm, you know, we still know what it's like, what something else feels like, and we have nostalgia for that, but I guess I'm just wondering if, if we are entering some really new new era, and if new generations of young people who are just going into arts will straight away just think of how to make this digital, because maybe it's just the best way to go. Possibly, possibly. I, um, I... I, I agree. I think that uh, this will happen more than what we can understand right now. And I mean, that is tendency, but it also really depends what, uh, you know, like young people are exploring in terms of their own artistic practice. If we talk about dancers, for example, you know, like and I work in different uh, universities over Europe and I work mostly in the context of contemporary dance and performative arts. So um, this is not the case, you know, like, of course, you know, like young uh, dancers, they, performers, they express themselves much more through 
digital formats that you know how we were doing it once upon a time when we were studying but still you know there are so many practices that will stay there forever you know and that just cannot be changed that that is at least you know how the situation is in europe of course you know this will change more and more in the future but i think you know like to a certain degree it will stay as it is even now coming towards the end of this conversation and to <laughs> preserve the time we are in now uh, and remember it as we go on um, and you say this physical connection and being in a space together can't be replaced so i want to ask you what is it that you love about it and what is it that you would miss about it and that you want to remind yourself of in case we do go into this digital world why is it important not to completely replace it with digitalization i will be very honest and very simple with this answer it is uh, about making me feel alive it it is the strongest feeling of sharing something with someone in a studio space and working with your own body that is where i feel most excited most vulnerable most brave uh and so on most 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 many most and uh most alive and um excited to try things out feel accomplishment but also feel failure so there is something that cannot be replaced with anything else in comparison to that feeling of uh, uh being in space in a studio with uh your own body and also with others in the same space Thank you for listening to Artemis Projects podcast. For more about our projects, head to artemisprojects.com.au.